Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sikama. With me is Benjamin Solak on a theme fakeover Thursday edition of the podcast where we are taking over an NFL franchise that didn't do great last season. We're going to look at why they didn't do so great. Look at the front office, look at their coaching staff, look at some upcoming free agents that they have from their own roster, as well as some options of guys that they could potentially bring in. And then, of course, we're going to end the podcast with a three-round team-centric mock for the team that we're talking about, which is the one and only Dallas Cowboys. We're talking about the Cowboys. We're fixing the franchise. America's team. Reluctant to say that. Is it? I mean, do they still? I guess they do. Just think that they're America's team. If if they were good, it would piss me off. Wow, because that, they're not that's a shot. Benjamin Solak, everybody, yeah. how the heck are you, Ben? <laughs> oh man, everything is delicious. Uh, I mean, like, so Dallas, you know, being what they are and whatever, uh, they're a very interesting and fun team to talk about, regardless of how I may personally feel about the fan base, oh, uh, given my yeah alignments. Uh, good team that's an interesting case study for a lot of what we've been talking about this year kind of our theme this semester which has been like ownership general manager head coach power balances Uh, yeah how about it and then also uh, come to play school what are we doing semester play school uh also an interesting team because of so many squads right now are trying to figure out their quarterback position and dallas is trying to figure out how to ruin their quarterback position (laughs) not not what is expected so they're they're one of the more fun teams right now to talk about you're right i mean there's a lot that we got to get into and it starts at the top i didn't do this on purpose but i'll say that i did it on purpose uh, to make you guys think that i'm a, a planning genius an absolute futuristic genius here because as we spoke with the panthers earlier this week on the team takeover tuesday edition their ownership matters a lot into what goes on in the team and how we're predicting how they're going to be in the future. The same exact thing can be said with the Cowboys, and everybody knows that very well because Jerry Jones is the general manager slash owner slash president of the team and has been since 1989 when he took over. Jerry Jones is now 17 years, 17, 78 years of age. If he was 17, that'd be really impressive. He'd be negative years old when he bought the team. I looked this up, too, about Jones because I was curious. I was like, okay, I looked up how David Tepper got his money. How did uh, Jerry Jones exactly get his money? <laughs> this is straight This is straight from Wikipedia. It says, according to an interview that Jones did with HBO, um, <laughs> after graduating from college in 1965, he borrowed a million dollars. Very mm-hmm, casual. Mm-hmm, extremely mm-hmm. casual. You too, in 1965, too. Right. Like, borrowing a million dollars in 1965. And in doing so, opened up a string of Shakey's Pizza Parlors in Missouri. That's what he did with it. Shakey's, huh? Yeah. And then the next sentence is a an E. And then the 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 next sentence is a venture that failed. (laughs) Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones, got a million dollars, borrowed a million dollars from somebody straight out of college to a business venture that immediately failed. All right. So Shakey's Pizza right now has. 
500 stores globally and 58 in the United States as of July 2019. It maxed out in 1968 with 342 locations in the U.S. There's a Shakey's Pizza was the place to be. I'm going to have to read a little bit about Shakey's Pizza. This is not the main takeaway of the Dallas Cowboys podcast. No, but it needs to be. If if anybody out there has ever had Shakey's Pizza Parlor, we need to understand. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gentle listeners, I want to hear stories about Shakey's. Yeah, message us, DM us on Twitter, whatever it is. We need to hear about Shakey's Pizza Parlor because this this goes a long way into who the Dallas Cowboys are going to draft at number 10 overall in the 2021 NFL Draft. Don't you dare think otherwise. I have after that that after several other unsuccessful business ventures <laughs> that Jones began an oil and gas exploration business in Arkansas. Jones Oil and Land Lease, which became extremely successful. So getting to actually football. Purchased the team in 1989 in February. Uh, man, this was this was wild, okay? You think about how much teams are worth now and how much the Dallas Cowboys are worth now. He bought the Cowboys for $140 million, which has an equivalent of right around like $300 million in like today's money, but still obviously like extremely cheap for an NFL franchise, especially since I think the Cowboys are over $2 billion, right? I think they're like valued oh, over sure. $2.4 billion or something crazy. Yeah. So you bought them for $140 million. Now they're worth $2.4 billion. Not a bad investment. Soon after the purchase, though, Jerry Jones didn't take long making his mark on the team. Fired yeah, long Cowboys time. Cowboys are worth $5.5 billion. Whoa! Five? Healthy. Cowboys uh, are now up to being worth $5.5 billion and are up a whole $1.4 billion on the next most valuable NFL franchise, the New England Patriots. That was July 2020. Whoa! All right, never mind. Healthy. This, is, this is America's team. Screw everybody else. This is, this is America's team. I've never wavered. Soon after purchasing the team, Jerry Jones made his impact by firing longtime head coach Tom Landry and then also fired the GM as well and appointed himself as GM of the team. And that's just what as he's been does. ever since. So Jones, during his tenure, has kind of rubbed fans the wrong way. And I think a big reason why is because Jones has always wanted it to be about him, right? We spoke about this on the Tuesday edition of the podcast where you have these different kinds of owners. Sometimes you have owners that buy the team and they're simply an asset to them. They hire guys underneath them to run the team and they just let them run it. That's not the case with Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones not only wants to have full control over the team, which he does, he also wants to make sure you know he has full control over the team. He is very much the face of the Dallas Cowboys. He is what everybody thinks. If if I told you to give me one word, the first word that popped into your head, after I said the word Dallas Cowboys, you'd probably say Jerry. Yeah, like everybody out there would probably say something that had to do with Jerry Jones. Jerry World. Tony Romo this, fumbling I mean, she, the yeah. extra point hold against the Seattle Seahawks we in the call- 2000 and... Go on. Six playoffs? You got to name this. You got to name this. I think it was 2006, right? Early Romo? Yeah, 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 2006. I don't remember. I don't know what what's up. I was going to flame you if you were wrong. I mean, Jerry World. The stadium itself is called Jerry World, for goodness sake. And so this is just what the Cowboys are. They're going to be Jerry Jones' team as long as he is in this position. And that comes to roster decisions, probably draft day decisions, free agency decisions, what the Cowboys are doing, what they look like. This is Jerry Jones' team. And it is almost autonomous in how he rules the team that he has. So, yeah, it's 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 certainly one of the most unique places in the NFL, no doubt about that. 
and you know, okay, so he's on the team since '89. Uh, in the immediate wake of his, right, they win multiple Super Bowls. Yes. Troy Aikman. Since then, so they they win the '95 Super Bowl against the Steelers. Since then, they've made the playoffs one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. And they have three wins. They're three and ten in the playoffs over the last what's that twenty four years. That's not good. I mean, it's not yeah. good, but yeah, to your point, and emphasizing it e- even more, when he took over in 89, they won the Super Bowl in 92, they won the Super Bowl in 93, and they won the Super Bowl in 95. So it was just like, oh, baby, Jerry Jones, the greatest right. thing to ever happen to sports. And, you know, since then, it hasn't been as great. When was the last? Okay, so they, they made the playoffs in 96. They won on the wild card. But then they didn't have a wild, they didn't have a playoff win for over ten years until '09, and of course, yeah, like mm-hmm. you said, there they have not made it past the divisional round ever since, and so that's kind of been the story of the Dallas Cowboys, a team that has a lot of eyes on them at all times. Their head coach now is Mike McCarthy. It used to be Jason Garrett, no longer Jason Garrett. Now it is Mike McCarthy. McCarthy was the Packers' longtime head coach from 2006 to 2018. Won the Super Bowl in 2010 with the Packers. As the number six seed, by the way, with a 10-6 and six record, extremely impressive, only two quarterbacks that Mike McCarthy had during his tenure as head coach with the Packers. Brett Favre, Hall of Famer. Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer. Not bad. I'd say that that's not bad for, for a first-time head coach there. From 2000, I believe it was 2006 or 2007 to 2016. So in a 10-year season span, they made the playoffs nine times. There was only one year in that 10-season span in which they did not make the playoffs. So, ton of success. You know, he had the team in the playoffs. Obviously won the Super Bowl once. Things went really well early on during McCarthy's tenure with the Packers, but then criticism kind of started to creep up as they started making the playoffs and not, they weren't able to really get over the hump in 2015 I believe he relinquished play calling duties which is an offensive head coach that's not really an ideal thing for you to do they didn't get better after that eventually he was fired in 2018 after 13 seasons with the team when McCarthy was a free agent he was going to interview with the Browns ended up not doing that they hired Freddie Kitchens because he told him no but then he also interviewed with the New York Jets they hired Adam Gase over McCarthy. Then McCarthy said he was going to take the year off. He did. Interview with Dallas a year later. Uh, infamously told Jerry Jones in a 12-hour-long interview that he had watched every single play of the 2019 season, which was an ab- he had. which was an absolute lie. And he later admitted that that was a lie in his introductory press conference, which everybody was like, ha, 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 good joke. And then uh, it's like, wait, are, what? Are, this, this is not a joke. He, he lied to get this job. Went 10-6 his first year as head coach last year in 2020. Did most of that without his starting Prescott, starting quarterback, Dak Prescott, which we are going to get to in a second. But, Ben, your thoughts on Mike McCarthy? Without his starting Prescott is actually, like, just very funny. Uh, it's still, Mike it's, McCarthy. It still works. There's, there, there, he adds nothing, right? I mean, wow. like, if we want to just keep it very blunt, keep it very clean. Would you say keep it McCarthy, at 100? Keep it 100. Uh they move on from Jason Garrett. They bring in Mike McCarthy, and it has no measurable impact on the team. Uh, lost Dak Prescott last season. Uh, certainly think that it'll be exciting to see what McCarthy is able to do with a full year of Prescott. Certainly Prescott was on that 
uh, unbelievable tear to start the season before he went down with injury. All of this is true. The defense was still really bad under Mike Nolan, who was brought in after multiple years off of coaching because of his connection with Mike McCarthy. They fired Nolan after just one season. Uh, Dan Quinn is now the head coach or the defensive coordinator. Quinn's defenses haven't been good since he left Seattle. Uh, I'm assuming he's brought in because once again, he's an old head in the NFL who's got connections to. Wait, who did you Mike- say Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator for? No, Gus Bradley's the defensive coordinator oh, for the yeah, Chargers. The no, guy. not for the Chargers. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Gus Bradley when, is, the, is the coordinator when for the Raiders. you said, okay, this now clears things up because I've been thinking about this for two days. When you said Gus Bradley, my head thought that you said Dan Quinn. And when you said that he was the defensive <laughs> coordinator of the Raiders, I was like, that's not right. They're, that's not right. And then you looked it up and you're like, I yeah, said, that's right. And I was like, what? I was thinking of Dan Quinn. Who, what, what's the difference between Gus Bradley and Dan Quinn? What's Nothing. the difference? They're the exact same person. Right. Indistinguishable in every characteristic. Correct. Anyway, Dan Quinn out of the D.C. in Dallas. I don't think that's going to magically solve the problem, lest we forget that whenever Dan Quinn uh, gave up control of the defense in Atlanta to Raheem Morris, the defense subsequently got better. Uh, so now you've got Dan Quinn here. I think the defense is going to continue to be bad. Uh, for everything that... Prescott was able to do in that five-game stretch of of health to start the 2020 season. The Cowboys still thought they needed to run the football more to start winning football games. They were giving up like 38 points in every single game. Uh, And they also weren't out here with uh, a particularly impressive analytic-based decisions, right? Like it was like, oh, you know, he's going to— McCarthy's going to come and it's analytics and everything. We're going to go for it on fourth now. We're going to go for two. And they'd also like run fake punts inside their own 25. Like it would just be like, there's still just like residual decisions that didn't make a ton of sense. Designs remain good because of the Kellen Moore influence. I think it's very clear that they're going to do everything they can to keep Kellen Moore to have more eventually become uh, the head coach there. I think Moore is viewed as the, the, the rising star in Dallas. And the fact that the Boise state, head coaching job opened up this year. Brian Harson, the previous head coach for Boise State, was hired to coach at Auburn. Kellen Moore played quarterback very famously and very well for Boise State, viewed as a rising star. Boise State really wanted him to come be their head coach, and Moore did not take that job. Indicates the view that Jerry Jones has of Kellen Moore and Kellen Moore's faith in that this team is going to look out for him. Uh, so because that's the strongest aspect of the Cowboys team, is I think the, the, their designs, the way they get into their passing game, especially off play action. And because McCarthy's first season was a dud, I would not be surprised if there continues to be rumblings around Kellen Moore potentially taking over that job in the near future. Hmm. Uh, potentially, if this season doesn't go well, uh, if McCarthy you know, starts to flag, right? Like he's getting a little bit older. Obviously, McCarthy kind of came out of quasi-forced retirement for this Uh more is viewed. I wouldn't in the say. Building. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say like came out of retirement for this. Like he was always gonna. I don't think he was ever done. Like I, I think that his situation and say like Bruce Arians' situation was a little bit different. I feel like Arians was like actually retired, and the Bucks kind of perfect scenario lured him out of retirement. I feel like McCarthy was always gonna come back, but not that that matters too much because I agree with you. I think that if he starts to struggle again in Dallas, then he might be out. But just wanted to just wanted to get that take out. No, I it's it's tricky. I, the I if you had asked me before 
the Harson firing and the, the the Boise State job, does Kellen Moore have enough faith in Dallas and enough faith in his NFL prospects to pass up the Boise head coaching job? I would have told you absolutely not. Then that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And so I, I very much struggle with figuring out just how, like, when they even hired McCarthy, it was a big thing that they were going to retain more despite the fact that they were bringing in a new head coach. It's it's very, you know, the, the Eagles wanted to, to interview Kellen Moore for their head coaching job, and that created some drama about, like, whether or not they, Moore would even take that interview or the Cowboys would allow him to. Obviously, this year they, they have to allow him, but kind of in a, in a vacuum where they have allowed him to, so on and so forth. I, it seems like they're very, very protective of him, and it seems like they're trying to, to groom more. Obviously, right, McCarthy, it's not so much forced retirement as if he was fired and he took the year off and he tried to improve, yada, yada, whatever. I just don't see McCarthy as, like, super long for his second stint of head coaching. That's not my vibe on... But also, at the same I would time, agree. like... If, I would agree. Right, but the then, the, again, like, I'm talking myself out of this because, okay, if that's the vibe... Right. That he's like, all right, let's try to do this right now. Let's make a push. Let's he's a he's a professional coach. He's a veteran coach. He's going to align the locker room. We're going to go compete. Why are you screwing around with the Dak Prescott contract? If your head coach is on a short term arc, you know what I mean? It's confusing. I think they're screwing around with the Dak Prescott contract because of other reasons. And we're going to get to that in a second because we're going to get into the salary cap situation of Dallas. And then, of course, three round mock draft as well. But before we get there, I got to let you people know about the good stuff happening over at rockauto.com. It is a family owned business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years. No matter what you are driving, no matter what make or model, rockauto.com's got whatever you're looking for. Whether it's a fix or an upgrade, you can see everything, you go to the website at rockauto.com, just look on the left-hand side, you're going to be able to follow, find your exact car and exactly what you're looking for right there in like two seconds. It's so easy. If you end up getting something from them, talking to them, going over to rockauto.com, Right locked on NFL draft in their little how did you hear about a section. That would really, really help Ben and I out. They've got an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you're ever going to need. All, of course, from the comfort of your own home. You can search for all of these things all over at rockauto.com. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayella of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ben, you hinted at it right there. The Dak Prescott conundrum. I think that's probably the right word for it, right? Whatever this Dak Prescott saga has been for the Cowboys, it is now front and center for them. Because when you go and you look at what Prescott has been for this team, they are lucky. They are very lucky that they have Prescott and that he has been as good as he has been. He was a fourth-round pick in 2016, 2016, right? 2016. Takes over for Tony Romo when he has the injury, gets the starting job as the starter week one in his rookie season, and boom, never gives it back. So you looked at a situation where Tony Romo was getting up there in age. What were they going to do? Who were they going to groom behind him? 
And all of a sudden, they draft Prescott, and it almost falls into their lap how good he was for how late they drafted him. He has developed into one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. He has orchestrated one of the best offenses in the NFL. He has made the most out of some great offensive weapons, a good offensive line, a good run game. And last year, before he got hurt, he was on an unbelievable pace. In four games, he had over 1,500 passing yards already. Insane before he got hurt. But of course, before that season... He was playing on a franchise tag because he and the Cowboys could not come to an agreement of a long-term deal. So when we look at things now, you go, okay, Cowboys played hardball. They signed Prescott to their franchise tag. They weren't going to lose him, but they're going to see what this next year has. They're going to see if they have a little bit more time to get a long-term deal, something a little bit more team-friendly. And then COVID hits. And now the salary cap's going down. Now they might be in trouble. You know, Now they're in a situation where they were looking to get a team-friendly deal from Prescott before to hopefully make, get some extra guys in Dallas to make a playoff run. Now they're going to have to get even more creative just to keep the guy on the roster because of the salary cap going down and not having that projected salary increase. And so when you look at the Cowboys right now, they're sitting at a projected $27 million in cap space. Uh, I think that's top 12. That's a top 12 number in the NFL right now, the big free agents outside of Prescott. Uh, you got Sean Lee. You got Alden Smith, who was second on the team in sacks. You also got guys like uh, Chidobi Awuzie and, and um, Xavier Woods. Jordan Lewis from the secondary. And so you've got some guys that you want to bring back. But of course, the conversation starts and is dominated with what is now going to happen with Dak Prescott. So last year with Prescott, uh, for for uh, refresher, if we remember where we were. Uh, I want an extension. We want to give you an extension. We want to give you an extension that's five years long, right? Big extension. Prescott's camp. Uh, Prescott's uh, agent, by the way, is, is David Mulligetta, if memory serves. Uh, oh, no, it's Todd France, actually. He's Todd France. I don't realize it's Todd France. Okay. So they said, hey, we, we want a four-year deal max. Uh, Prescott is young, and he's uh, he just turned 27. We want to be able to hit the market again as this market continues to balloon. The Cowboys were like, we want it. We we don't want to do this. This is silly. And so they sat there with the big difference being on duration, not so much price. It's worth noting that that the Cowboys seem willing to give Prescott thirty five per, right, forty per, but they didn't want to do it on a short term time frame. Then Prescott plays the season that he played to start. Uh, the 2020 year, which if we remember, uh, he played five games. He was completing 68% of his passes, which was a career high. Uh, he was throwing for 8.4 yards per attempt, which was a career high. He was taking 3%, I think it was 4% sacks, which was near career low. Uh, adjusted net yards of 7.7, which was right about his career high. It was, for a five-game stretch, about the best five-game stretch that he played. He had three rushing touchdowns and multiple come from behind wins, whatever. After that, then plus a significant ankle injury, you've now reached a point where you have, he was the driving force behind our entire passing game. He may not be as healthy as he was. And so you've got two different things now pulling you in two different directions. Right. So you sit down at the negotiating table this year and start talking about, Prescott again and you say okay what are we going to do they can franchise tag him a second time if they franchise tag him a second time the price of that tag goes up 
I'll be completely honest. I don't know exactly what the price is going to be the, because we're in a new CBA. Yeah. Do you have it? No, I mean, like, th- the last that I looked, he was getting 31 on the tag this year, and I think he's getting yes. somewhere between— 37.4. 37 and 38 is what I saw as the next yeah. tag. Right, so that's what I, I'm I'm 85% chance, uh, chance it's going to be. Uh, that was like that was the report in 2020. I don't know if that litigation is going to change because of a the new CBA and b COVID, right? So I don't know if that that's going to be adjusted. But f- related to the, the CBA that was negotiated in result of the COVID limited cap, so like a seven. Uh, I'm pretty, I, I, I'm like, I, I've read reports where it's like it locks in even if the cap falls, but then they like negotiated a, a, like an emergency CBA with the players association. So I'm not positive, but let's call it 37.7. Pretty substantial increase, but they can tag him a second time. They can't tag him after that. So this would be the last chance they have to tag Prescott and get him for another year. So this is your, your final opportunity to negotiate with the assurance that you can tag this guy if it doesn't work. After this, you then go into negotiations again, but you don't have that fallback. And so you have to be more willing to meet the guy in the middle. While that it sounds good, like, all right, 2022 offseason, you know, we'll, we'll meet with Prescott again. We'll have this conversation. It'll be fine. You're burning a lot of goodwill with Prescott and with his agent, with Todd France, with his agent. They wanted a deal done last year. You didn't do it. They wanted a deal done this year. You potentially didn't do it. You franchise tagged him twice. The whole point behind Prescott's camp, remember, is that he has the opportunity to hit free agency again before he gets into his Mm mid-30s. Every year that you tag him is another year he can't sign an extension. And he can't, well, he could, but can't sign an extension. And because he can't sign an extension, he's losing a year to potentially go through a deal and then hit free agency again. So you're you're digging the hole deeper if you're listening to what this camp wants. So this is a little bit of a, of a flashpoint negotiation here. This is a little bit of a flashpoint deal. Prescott, if he is not signed to an extension this season, I think it's very hard to see him signing an extension with Dallas next offseason. I think that he would try to force a walk. He would try to get out. Because you're going to just spend your goodwill. You're going to like they're not going to be negotiating in good faith with you anymore if you're Dallas, if you continue to string this out. Now, playing on 37.7 mil ain't a problem. That's good money. You know what I mean? Like that that that's where Prescott should be valued. So 31.4, you were even getting a little bit cheaper. Now you're gonna be paying him 37.7 million, which is what you probably pay him about on an extension to then go play for somebody else next year. Again, like there's uh, there's sure there's a little bit of risk here bumped into the fact that he's coming off a major injury, but that is flat bad business. There's no two ways about it. I don't care. It's Jerry Jones. I don't care. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, yada, yada, this. He was a fourth round pick. more. No matter what you, you contrive to fill out that narrative, that's, that's a, a, a critical franchise defining mistake. This is a top, six quarterback in the league what are we doing you sign this man to an extension so that if this gets drawn out again if this doesn't get done again yeah i it's one of the biggest mistakes 
Dallas football's made in the last 10, 20 years. It's terrible. Yeah. And it gets tricky because what do you, I mean, you got to get a little bit creative with what you're paying him this year, too. And when you think, okay, Dak probably should have signed an extension last year that paid him between 35 and, and $38 million a year, like on average, just like having that on the books. He was paid 31, so you already probably, like his camp could already count that year as the year that he was being paid under, right? I mean, like if they do a deal deal with the Cowboys even, they could say, okay, well, because of you guys, we already had our year where we were making less money. And so I don't know how willing they'd be because this year is the even more important year for them to go to Prescott and be like, okay, look, like just work with us here. We will give you less money up front, but more guaranteed in the long run. And like Prescott could be fine with that because there's, there's all kinds of different ways that you can manipulate contracts with bonuses and where you get them and how you're moving money on the deal. And I mean, we saw that with, with Sean Watson's contract as well as we're now realizing, cause he's asking for a trade, how team friendly his deal is for next season. So it makes sense for a lot of different teams to be able to take him on. The similar thing could be done with Dak Prescott. I, I just, I think he wants to be with the Cowboys. I don't think Dak Prescott is pissed off enough to leave. I still think the most likely scenario and the most likely ending here is that Cow- that Prescott is still on the Cowboys. I really do think that. But I think there is something to what you're saying here is where Prescott definitely wants to be able to hit free agency at age 31. And that would then be able to accelerate him to sign two really massive deals, you think, in his career. Something that, of course, not just sets him up for life, but also his family and his kids and their kids. And, you know, this is this is this is lifetime changing money for a lot of different people in the way that they're trying to work this for for Dak Prescott. So I understand why they're going this angle. I didn't necessarily understand why the Cowboys were being so hard on it. That's the thing that, that that I don't really get here. I mean, the, I, I know the matter of years means a lot in this instance, but look at the Patrick Mahomes deal, right? I mean, like he signs a 10-year contract, but it's not really a 10-year contract, right? I mean, like all the money guaranteed is out of that thing way before the 10th year. The reason why that works, though, the reason why you get to announce that Patrick Mahomes could potentially be your quarterback for the next decade is because of the good faith that you have. The good relationship that, okay, like, as the market goes up, as things fluctuate, like, we will work with you. We want you to be our quarterback. And I'm obviously not in these meeting rooms, but it just seems like due to the fact that there wasn't a deal before, due to the fact of what we've heard from reports, it it doesn't seem like that exists there with Prescott. It feels as though the Cowboys are trying to, yes, they want Dak Prescott. Of course they want Dak Prescott. You said there, he's a top six quarterback in the league, but they also want him their way. And And that's a big part of negotiations. I get it, but I feel like this reality could exist where both of these parties are happy it's just, it, it, it didn't come out to be this way. And there's a lot that has to happen. Like I said at the very beginning, I think that we get to the end of this, and I think Dak Prescott is going to still be quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. It has just been a roller coaster to get to this point. Right. It, 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 it's it been absurd. I think it will remain absurd. Uh, I do want to say, I said that they can't franchise tag him a third time. They actually can. I was So I thought that when Kirk Cousins signed his second franchise tag. I was like, all right, this is the end. He, it was the, he was the first quarterback to ever get franchise two, two tags. consecutive seasons. Right. Yeah. But uh, from what I'm 
you can just do it indefinitely. It's just the salary continues to. That's what uh, that's what I thought. I thought yeah. you could. I thought you could do it a third time. But like, for example, if Prescott got tagged again, and then he was thirty seven, thirty eight million dollars, it would be like forty six the next year, which right. then be obviously becomes four percent stupid. Of, yeah, <laughs> which, yeah, which I don't think. I'm I'm trying to find if any NFL player in history has been franchise tagged in back to back to back seasons, and I can't find. I don't one. think so. So I, I don't think so. Right. So, but like, I mean, so technically the Cowboys could franchise him again and then Prescott would have to hold out and yada, yada, yada. I still think the same thing applies. I think if the, the long-term deal, deal doesn't get done this offseason, it won't get done between Dallas and Dak. But I also, I still think Dallas is the front runner. I still think Dallas and Dak will be together long-term. It's just this has become such an unnecessary kerfuffle when really you should have just signed him to the four-year deal that he wanted, man. I mean, if Dak Prescott comes back, the Cowboys probably can't do a lot in free agency anyways. I mean, I feel like this team is the team. They've got to just be able to draft well outside of it. But, you know, if they don't bring Prescott back, I got a decent amount of change to work with. I mean, I guess you could look at bringing in a pass rusher. You could take a run at a guy like Shaq Barrett if you wanted. Maybe Melvin Ingram for a little bit less money. Corners. I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, Patrick Peterson's here. AJ Bouye is here. I mean, I feel actually, I say that I, Peterson would totally be up the Cowboys alley to just bring yes, in Patrick Peterson absolutely. to have him in a Cowboys jersey. But you know, Richard Sherman as well. I guess I, he he could be an option if he Scheme wanted to play fit. for for Dallas. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's no doubt about that either. But those are, I mean, I'm looking at the free agency list now. Clowney maybe. You wanted to get a more discounted guy. I'm very fascinated to see what Clowney's free agency looks like Me after too. the weird Me too. years and cycles and teams and performances he's had. Right. I could definitely see them bringing in Bouye or Sherman as scheme fits who are familiar with the system. Bouye obviously played under Gus Bradley, who is not the defensive coordinator in Dallas when he was we, in We know now. We know now. Yeah, we've got it locked in. <laughs> uh Step kick cover three, right? Press cover three, Seattle cover three, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they currently have Trevon Diggs and then uh, the the Golden Hurricane, Tulsa, Reggie Robinson. Mm-hmm. I always want to call him Roberson, which is the wide receiver from SMU. Right, um, yeah. He was their fourth round pick last year. They're kind of sc- screwing around with him. They haven't yet decided if he's a safety or if he's a corner. We talked about this with Dalton on the Monday show. Uh, so you don't really know what their corner room looks like, but having lost Byron Jones... Having lost Cheeto Wuzier, uh, assumingly in free agency, they're going to move on from him, potentially moving on from Jordan Lewis as a backup guy. They don't have any corner depth. So I could yeah. absolutely see them being the team to give Bouye a deal as if he's the Bouye of old, Richard Sherman a deal as if he's the Sherman of old. Uh, I don't think that would be advised, yeah. but I could understand it just because it, it alleviates that need. Whenever I see the Cowboys take like a tackle at 10, I'm always like, all right, cool, but boy, corner such a big knee that it's very hard to imagine them passing over that position for another spot, even if it's a BPA approach. Yeah. You bring in Sherman on a one-year, Bouye on a one-year, whatever, uh, that gives you a little bit more flexibility to maybe not take corner in the first round if you, mm-hmm. the board really doesn't fall that way. You're right, but I, I certainly think the better option for them is to nail the draft and fuse a lot of draft talent and get those guys in there that way than it is best to, option like, is always to nail the draft more teams that, should just yeah. choose the nail the draft option i don't understand why teams simply don't just draft better you yep. know tom brady was, always so tom brady was drafting the sixth round i just don't understand why don't you just draft 
the next Brady. More Tom like, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the main thing that everyone should take away from listening to this podcast is uh, do a better job. Maybe people would say us included. All right, we got a three-round mock draft that we're getting to. We're actually going to put on our Jerry Jones hats and get to a draft for the Dallas Cowboys after the break. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to get all your sports action. Football might be over, but college basketball, NHL, NBA, it's all in full swing. Bet Online also covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, basically anything. Real-time updated odds and props on anything that you can imagine. Head over to the website or use their mobile app to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your sports online experts. Use the promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up to get that 50% bonus. Thursdays on LOCKEDON NFL are a must-listen. And Ryan Tracy and Jake Lisko break down your team Cross the NFL from an analytics and team-building perspective. Get the expert analysis on your favorite teams from Ryan and Jake every single Thursday. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Ben was having some computer trouble, so I'm going to share my screen, and hopefully his laptop doesn't just start smoking out of the back. Oh, boy, this is my desktop. This isn't even my laptop. Wow, okay, well, you step your desktop. I can see it. All right. We're here. Cowboys picking at 10. Look how many tabs you have open. I'm so jealous. Okay. <laughs> oh, because you can't open tabs right now because you're afraid? I have three tabs open right now, and I'm terrified. That's got to kill you. That's got to kill you inside right there. Yes. All right. So the Dallas- it's also it's my fault the computer's like this. That's probably true. Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys at number 10. So they have a couple of different options here. Probably what you would think the top options for them are. Patrick Sertan went one pick in front of them to the Denver Broncos. Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech, is still on the board, as is offensive tackle Rayshon Slater from Northwestern. So Rayshon Slater, we've talked about it before on this show, versatile, very versatile player, can play on the interior if you need him to, can move it to offensive tackle if you need him to. I think he's going to be great at either Caleb Farley, can be a great cover three corner. That makes a lot of sense for what the Dallas Cowboys want to do. Also worth noting, Ben. Trey Lance made it to number 10, so Trey Lance is still on the board if, you know, Prescott is gone. But we're, okay, all right, we're probably not going to do that. What are you thinking here at 10? Uh, to me, this is a smash Caleb Farley immediately. I, uh, Farley's, I think, the highest graded player I have on this board left, given what I what I see of it. Their biggest position of need is going to be a scheme fit in, in a cover three zone dropping approach. Absolutely, that's home run. I I think that I agree with you. As, as much as they're... Bad mm-hmm. luck with offensive line injuries clearly hurt what they were able to do last year. Lord, you can't go into that cornerback room with just like, yep, Trayvon Diggs, CB1, right. we're good to go. It, it, you might be able to say, you know, truthfully, if our offensive line gets banged up again, it's going to be really bad. But I'm here to tell you that absolutely nothing could happen to your cornerback room, and it's really bad. <laughs> You've already, you're, you're starting from that that point. Uh, and so I, if the league views... Caleb Farley the way I view Caleb Farley which I don't think the league does I think I'm higher than the league is on Caleb Farley but in the event that they do uh I would say that his floor in the draft is the Cowboys at 10 I think he'd be a great pick for him so here we are in the second round with the Dallas Cowboys offensive line could still be a need for them interior defensive line they also could use a safety upgrade because not sure Xavier Woods is going to be coming back they've got Donovan Wilson who plays strong safety for them Trayvon Merrick from TCU is still on the board who presents some nice free safety single high ability for them. That, I think, could be a nice pick if they wanted to double dip on secondary if they thought that was an area that they really needed to improve. 
Christian Barmore is still on the board here at 42, the interior defensive lineman from Alabama, who I think would be a great pick for the Cowboys. Not so sure he lasts this long, though. I don't I, I don't know if Christian Barmore is going to be here, so I would feel a little bit weird picking him. And in terms of offensive linemen, Dylan Radins is here, but man, I think the offensive tackles went quick. They certainly went right before the Cowboys because Alex Leatherwood and Liam Eikenberg went off the board two out of three picks right before this one. Tier offensive line, Creed Humphrey's still here, Landon Dickerson, Trey Smith, Deontay Brown. All those guys are still there. Ooh, what about Edge? Edge is something they could upgrade too. Joe Tryon, Jason Oa. What are we thinking here? Uh, are we short? Like, I don't think Barmore around at 42 is that egregious. You think he'd still be here? I mean, I think this would be a home run pick for them if they could come away with Farley and Barmore, no doubt about it. I mean, even if, like, okay, even if he wouldn't be or isn't, there's still Davian Nixon, you know what I mean? If it's, like, developmental rush three technique, one of the two is available. And to me, right, that, that makes a lot of sense if we're still willing to not draft the offensive tackle of the future, which I personally am I'm totally okay with. I think Cowboys fans would want it, but I'd be, I think either Barmore or Davian Nixon's a here. If we had a different offensive tackle still here, like certainly like if Tevin Jenkins or Jalen Mayfield or those guys were still on the board at 42, I'd probably go offensive tackle. But with the guys who are left on the board, I'll go with Barmore or Davian Nixon and Barmore still on the board. So I'll, t- I'll, I'll pick Barmore here. So back-to-back defensive selections for them they go corner and they go interior defensive line I think the way the board fell though I think that's the right call I'm with you no absolutely uh and the thing about tackle of the future is that for as much as it is a premium position in this class especially with a lot like James Hudson still on the board at that 74 or wherever Mm -hmm. the heck it is that we are right now like with that with these these guys still available in this class, so many good middle round athletes, I would want to wait on it and get actual starters at positions where I need starters, even right. for as much of a problem the offensive line was last year. So here we are in the third round. Got two defensive players in hand already. James Hudson, you mentioned the offensive tackle from Cincinnati. He is still on the board. Jackson Carmen, the offensive tackle from Clemson, is as well. It means Walker Little and Brady Christensen, of course, further down the rankings list. They're still there. Edge rushers. You got Peyton Turner. Hamilcar Rashid, Quincy Roche, offensive tackles. Oh, no, we just listed off offensive tackles. My apologies. Tight end, did anybody make wow. it? What's uh, Hunter Long is here. Hunter Long. What's what's safety look like? Javon Holland, Hampson and Cyril mm. Dean, Andre Sisko. Andre Sisko just seems like a Cowboys player. <laughs> like 100%. I mean, they, they need a guy from the roof, man. I mean, they, they had Donovan Wilson playing out there again. They tried to sign HaHa Clinton Dix, and I that went love, about as well as signing HaHa Clinton Dix usually goes. I would love Andre Sisko on the Dallas Cowboys. Want to do it? Just go straight defense? Sure. Just all defense yeah, draft. Again, you know, if, if the offensive tackle or offensive line board in general fell any better for the Cowboys, I would have certainly taken that into consideration, but... I'm trying to think. Do they have another pick? They do have another pick. Ooh, they got 99. They got a comp pick. Okay, so we got a little bit of time here. Who'd they lose? Byron Jones. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, I I know how that... I know free agents. I know how it works. Okay. All right, so now they're here up at 99. Oh, man, we probably... So now, yeah, who's our tackle board? Right. Get Dante Smith. Live your dreams. You know what I mean? Get Cordell Volson. Live your dreams. All right. Should yeah, we have Dante sl- Smith? Should we have flipped the order? Should we have gone with because who were the offensive tackles that were still on the board at that time? 
Spencer Brown was still there. Jackson Carmen was still there. Uh, so those are the two. Oh, James Hudson right. was still it, there. Like, Should we have gone yeah, like James Hudson? Hudson yeah, Hudson would have made a lot of sense. Okay. Definitely kind of impossible. If like you think Cisco is going to make it to 99, right. then sure. Yeah. Um, from what I saw, senior bowl wise, Deontay Smith is a ton of fun. Uh, I don't know if it's there's it's D apostrophe A. I don't know if it's Deontay or Dante Smith. To be I think frank, it's just, I believe um, it's just Dante. Yeah, Dante Smith. Either way, got power in his hands. You know what I mean? Like I think that short, like uh, you were successful with Lyle Collins, a tackle. Bring in Dante Smith. All right, so there's the Fix the Cowboys pod. Bring back Dak Prescott. Don't be an idiot about it. We got Caleb Farley and Christian Barmore in the first two rounds of three round mock, and then Andre Cisco, Deontay Smith, the offensive tackle from um, Eastern Carolina. But it could have been like, you know, James Hudson, and then maybe Andre Cisco if we could flip them and make that happen. I think that sure. either of those options would right. be good. I think either, but either, that's, that's, but either that's way, the we point, nailed the right? first Is two that picks. Like, right. That's the point. Is like you can play the slow game on developmental tackle and be okay. Because you're going to have options at 42, at 74, at 99, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't even get to their fourth round pick, which is like, what, 118, 120? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's not too far. You're, go, you've got that, a, so. you're going to have options there. It's a good right. class for that. No, you're right. I think the Cowboys have a lot of uh, a lot of power in those mid-rounds, that end of the third round, early fourth round area. And so that could help. That's the meat and cheese. It's got to be the depth chart. It's got to be the rotational guys that really help you out, that bolster up the stars that you have on your team. There we go. Hopefully uh, we helped as much as possible. As much as Jerry Jones would let us help out the Dallas Cowboys, we got one more episode for the podcast this week. It's everybody's favorite day. It is Fan Friday. Check out our Twitters, at Benjamin Solak, at Tampa Bay Trey. It's where you can find us. I'll put out the Q&A starter so you guys can ask whatever questions, of course, if you are on Instagram more than Twitter. My ad is at MT underscore Trevorous. You can DM me and send me a question there. Uh, ben is not on Instagram, so you cannot find him. Unless he yeah, is. My and, smoke unless signal he is, is and just doesn't tell me. Maybe I have the, I have Instagram accounts that like I've made when like either personally or like when professional like people are like oh you have to be on Instagram for work and then I just have no follow throughs so you can probably find them I have no idea what's on them um yeah no but smokescreen me at the sky uh, <laughs> homing pigeon me at my address send a raven send a raven absolutely uh just you know telepathically you know Gene uh, Gray me a message Professor X me a message and then we'll uh, talk about it on Friday get us your questions any way you can help take over the show until then you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft <laughs>